What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know I skipped three years worth of lectures Just to binge watch awful shows There must be some scholarship For accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor bachelor hello and welcomes three the bachelor of hearts podcasts the Bachelor's Australia's podcast that pops the question. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, everybody. My name's Xavier Robetsky Noon, and I love The Bachelor. I have somewhat mixed feelings about the institution of marriage, and I hate the coronavirus. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Max Quinn. G'day. Maxie. Hello. Hi. How are you feeling? My goodness, I am amped off this finale. Mm -hmm. There is so much that I have to say. Xavier, this was... A classic. This was an all-time classic Bachelor I think you're right. episode. I think you're right. And 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 you know, was it was it perfect? Were all the edges sanded off? Did I um, contemplate my own mortality and the future of this series? Certainly. Was I about to vomit in my mouth several times? Absolutely. But these are the things that go into making this show dynamic. Right. And this is a truly memorable finale. I cannot wait to get into it with you. Before we do that, I would just like to acknowledge that today we are recording on the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land on which we record. We are lucky to be here and uh, we are lucky to have you here as well. Xavi, what's coming up on the episode? What can we look forward to? So, okay, this is our official Bachelor Australia Season 10 finale episode. Uh, I should mention that as such, we will be absolutely spoiling the hell out of this thing mm -hmm. uh so if you missed the finale or if you've been living under a rock and you would prefer to hear it straight from the horse's mouth uh here's your chance to turn back now um but if not let's press on together there is so much to get into uh we are going to be doing a recap of this episode we are going to give you all of our first impressions all of our hot takes as as we are recording this it is like what 12 Less hours than later hours, yeah, yeah. Um, very fresh. And then we are going to hit you with a little bit of a where are they now? And a little bit is the key phrase there. Because coming up later this week on the BOH pod is when we're going to bring you everything that we know up to this point. Because basically at the moment, it's not long after the episode's finished. We know a small amount, but we need time to do our digging, right? We want to bring you the news. You're going to get information about ratings, Instagrams, scuttlebutts and gossips. Yeah, so make sure you scuttle your butt down to the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss that next episode. Uh, we have some things in the pipeline. Uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be here. So we're going to get into it. We'll dive into the recap, stop down along the way. Listener, thank you so much for joining us for this season of the BOH pod as we recap the finale of The Bachelors Season 10. This episode aired Sunday the 29th of January. We open with green screen future Thomas in ITM who says, let's do this. Today's the day. Even though I feel like I should be nervous getting down on one knee, I'm not. And we cut across to green screen future Jed 
who drums on his thighs, just like we first saw him on episode one, as he says, I've done some scary stuff in my lifetime. Playing to a few thousand people doesn't really scare me as much as this does. And I notice here in the soundtrack that applause is being piped in from mm. an unseen, you know, probably non-existent audience, which is something I've heard that like uh, Jared Leto's band, what are they called? 30 Seconds, 30 seconds to, to Mars. Mars. I think they do that at their live oh, right. shows. Yeah. Like to get people amped up. Do you know the New Orleans Saints football team was once fined for pumping in crowd noise artificially into their studio? It, into their stadium, this they studio lost yeah. where they record. Their yeah, games. where they record their football games. Right, they lost. I think a first round draft pick and a bunch of money wow. for doing this. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, look, it's pretty embarrassing if you get yeah. caught doing it. And I, look, the Bachelors will be fined a first round draft pick for doing this. I assume. That's right. Yeah. In fact, they've all had to go back and pick their second choice now. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to all the way up to the commissioner. <laughs> That's right. Which is me, actually. Yeah. Funnily enough. Uh, then, green screen future Felix said, and I'm not going to keep mentioning it, but it is all through this episode. I was watching with people who had not seen the show last night, mm. and a bunch of them went, oh, that's a green screen. Yeah. It's that like green not, screen is really obvious. Not well hidden at all. No. And as I've said, I don't mind them using it. You no. know, like I get that you might become... Just disguise it. Right, exactly. You might be in a place where you need to add something in, you might need to cover something up, whatever. I get it. We're making a TV show. We're not like you know, painting the Sistine Chapel. You're allowed to show some uh, <laughs> some strings or whatever. You right, know? right. But, but make it pris if not Sistine, you know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, particularly, well, we'll get to it. But like when we're dealing with making a believable reality in which people's feelings are involved and stuff like that, you don't want a lot of elements that make you question how this thing's being put together. Precisely. You would rather just have the blissful ignorance... And the suspension of disbelief and just feel like everything's all flowing naturally. Anyway, green screen future Felix says he's never been this unsure in his life. He says, I didn't think at finale I'd still be struggling so much with a decision between two completely different women. <laughs> it's wild that women can have the two types. Yeah, I didn't realize I would get to the end and there would still be two. And they're not even the same They're person. not even quite the same. And he's like, I tried to pick ones who look similar. I tried to make sure all the non-white people are out of the show at this point. You know, anyway. It's wild. We cut across from the bachelor pad to Shambhala Estate, a wedding venue in Mount Tambourine, about 40 k's west of Surfers Paradise, uh, where the rest of the finale will take place. Notably, there is no introduction from Osher Ginsburg, which is something we normally see. Um, he is the pretty cool host of the show. Um, and he normally like speaks to the camera, setting the stage. And, you know, recently he's been doing an acknowledgement of country at the start of the episode, which is not present here. Um, normally we can rely on him to lay out the plot points that we'll be tracking throughout this episode, just in case you missed the previous, you know, 11 or whatever. Not present here. Very odd. But he does show up. Um, the three bachelors share a wicker seat in a garden and are joined by Osha, who tries to gauge the mood. Thomas says, The reality is that I instinctively know where I should go. She's the one. The Italian is dropping on one knee, for sure. And the fellas all laugh like this is very normal. This, this is bizarre. Speaking in third country about your country... Uh, sorry, third person third about your country of heritage or whatever? Yeah. Odd. Um, Jed speaks with a little bit less confidence than Thomas saying, I came in here and everyone was saying, I'm not ready saying I'm young. I think it's a big thing and a scary thing for many people having that question asked of them, but yeah, I'm going to ask it. 
No. <laughs> it's the first of many big no's from Max Quinn this on this is episode. This infuriating. Yeah. To hear that Jed is going to ask the question when one of them has explicitly said don't. Please don't. And the other one we don't think is going to win. No. It's really setting up for disaster. Sure and is. we will fucking get there. Yes. Uh, Osha wisely reminds him in probably his best line, maybe of the season. He yeah. has not been in this season very much. Um, he reminds him that a proposal is a question, yes. which I think is a very succinct, very good way to put this. Um, and that, that means that he'll have to consider that this whole thing relies on the reaction of his chosen woman. More on that later. So Felix is still completely stuck between worlds. And Osha tells him, quote, I've never seen a bachelor be faced with the variables, shall we say, that you've been faced with. Interesting. Uh, Felix, for some reason, says that his family's influence won't go into his final decision at all, which is between himself and Jess and Damien. <laughs> it is bizarre to have him admit that he doesn't care what his family thinks. And Abigail. Oh, well, Abigail also doesn't come into it. Yeah. Right. Right. Which, yeah, they're just tipping off what's going to happen, really. Strange. Um, he frames the choice that he's making between Abigail and Jess by reflecting on quote, the internal battle between the head and the heart, which is a classic Bachelor finale thought process. We've talked about it so many times on this podcast. Um, although I don't, I'm not sure if the storylines have fully led us here at this point. That's true. I think that I can see where Felix is coming from and I can see how the show has tried to tell this story in that Abigail is presented as the head choice I don't know how Jess is quite the heart choice other than the fact that he appears to be magnetized to her. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's part, it's part of the whole problem with this season, right. I think, is the focus has not been in the right places for me to really make a connection. Well, that's the thing. Like you want the stakes to be high for love, yes. for better or for worse. Right. Yes. Like, and so Felix is choosing one of these women and we know Abigail somewhat well. We know that Jess is in a relationship with a man named Damien who's 33 and from Townsville. Uh And we don't know anything else about her. Right, yeah. And, like, I've discussed how frustrating the Jess storyline has become. Yes. I think more so for me maybe than for you, but I think kind of broadly for everybody who's watching the show. Yes. Because it could so glaringly have been solved with a simple conversation but the show is just unwilling to let that happen refusing but i also think that the contestants were refusing to let that happen as well well sure yeah i don't think it's just the show i think everybody involved uh, stands to gain from this thing being stretched out as long as possible yes. um but the show hasn't invested enough in the actual connection between felix and jess precisely so we don't understand why he would want to pick her over abigail who you know and then it's also frustrating that abigail is just presented kind of as the quote unquote safe option yes which you know as opposed to for example a funny and charming and interesting woman with an entire human personality of her own right when we boil people down i mean you know this is the most obvious shit in the book but it's just like you know we're just talking about how we talk about people on the tv and how the bachelor does sometimes a really reductive job of it and particularly in this case where we have three separate love stories quote unquote to tell yeah reductiveness is part of the formula. Sometimes it's played to great effect, as we will soon see. Sure. And then at other times it is like, God, I just need 15% more from you of of sheer character development Mm. rather than this sensationalist shit. Yeah, and I think we will we'll discuss this more in our next episode when we're sort of reflecting a bit more on like choices that were made overall in this season. We were initially quite skeptical about 
what having three leads would do to the show. Yes. And uh, we'll talk about it more. <laughs> we see Leah and Elysia seemingly halfway through hair and makeup, still like hairpins and stuff going on, um, standing together in the middle of the grass wearing matching silk robes. Yeah, why have they put everyone in lingerie? I don't know. Mm. Maybe, I think maybe this is like the thing that they put you in while they're doing your hair and makeup. So oh, it doesn't the morning get of the wedding, clothes, so everyone's getting wait glam up. and you wear your silk pajamas. Maybe you don't have that's to waste what your real outfit or yeah, another I get outfit it. or whatever. I get it. But it is, it creates a very odd image, um, you know, and they're discussing where they're at in their relationships in the middle of a field on a, quite a damp day. I have no idea why. This is odd. Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, Reese. Yeah. Uh, Leah is in love with Thomas and Alicia, quote, feels very strongly for Jed. Okay. That's a good juxtaposition there. Uh, and she hopes that he is too, quote, enough to be with me without the ring. So this is the central sort of point of, uh, conflict, I suppose. Yeah. For Alicia is she and Jed want to be together, but she does not want to be proposed to. And we're giving up the gun here as well. We know that Angela is not the pick from right about now. Pretty much, yeah. Um, she, uh, Alicia adds in ITM that she has nothing against marriage, but that's just not where she's at right now, and tells the camera, and all the music stops, and we kind of zoom in on her a little bit. She says, I don't think he will propose. Great. Great. Do you, we you know needed that to get proposing. a shot of that. Yeah, it's perfect. Next up, Jess and Abigail get paired up, also in matching white silk and lace. Um, I don't really understand exactly, like, you know, I get it's probably just a functional thing of yeah. production or whatever, yeah. but it's sending a very strange message about, like, bridal sort of couture. Chastity. Yeah. Totally. It's like giving big picnic and hanging rock vibes. Um, Explain what that means. Well, it's, a, it's an Australian film where people are dressed like that is okay. what you really need to know. Yeah. Um, Jess is concerned that her bad first impression on Felix's mum will negatively impact her chances. But when Abigail asks if she's looking to have a monogamous relationship in the end, Jess replies, I need to put my energy and focus on the one connection. It's kind of a roundabout way of saying, yeah. yes. <laughs> right. Uh, Big Gale says, well, last time we checked in, you still wanted to have that sexual relationship with Damien because Felix won't be close by to satisfy your needs. And Jess says, I would never go behind Felix's back and still have an intimate connection with Damien. And the dialogue editing gets choppier from here. Yeah. Um, but this is what you called off-face editing, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So Jess ITMs that Abigail has misinterpreted what she shared with her. And then we watch her tell Jess that if she ever felt like her needs weren't being met, she would, of course, just go and have a conversation with Felix rather than go back to Damien. And then... The camera lingers on Jess's face and we hear Abigail's voice say a truly iconic line. Fantastic. She says, that's ridiculous. Get a vibrator. Chef's kiss. Put it on a keychain. Put it on a t-shirt. Yep. It's somebody tweeted that that should be the, the motto of the show. Like mm -hmm. that's, you boil down the entire TV program to its purest essence. Um, and yeah, it's very obvious that Big Yell didn't actually say it to Jess in this conversation. I think even even someone who's not particularly familiar with reality TV editing would be able to tell you that. But it doesn't make me like it any less. I think it's just like real fun. It's great editing. It's yeah. fantastic creation of narrative. Right. Um, 
Big Gale suggests that Jess has been stringing Felix along, changing her story and what she wants 500 times. At least this is to her face. We can see this. Right. Yeah, this part we definitely see. This is a real conversation. Um, And says, this is why we think that you're using Damien, because you're keeping him around until something better comes along for you. And that line sticks out to me because uh, she suggests that it's not just her who feels that way. Uh-huh. Right? She, she, you know, this episode seems to be predicated, in my opinion, on mostly an Abigail versus Jess dynamic. Yes. I mean, obviously, that's the only people who are left. Right. But it's at this point, I don't think we have really seen a lot of indication that there are a lot of people who feel this way about Jess. Yeah, I don't think so either. The only other option is that it's Minnie. Max, that's a great point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. Abigail and Minnie have been having side chats. Right, yeah. Chats. She's speaking for the, cat the two chats of them, the family, yeah. yeah. Jess says, I believe that I have been very honest and transparent with Felix and Damien. Oh, brother. <laughs> but I do know what I want, and I've made my decision. Abigail adds, it took until finale to come to that conclusion, which I think may be played off face. I, I can't really remember. Yeah. Um, Jess says, thank you for giving me your take on things. And Abigail replies, my take is the truth, just yeah. to confirm. Yeah. I applauded. I thought that line was incredible. But what's fascinating about that is what Jess says next. She goes, that's your truth. Mm. And that to me is the biggest can of worms. Right. In the entire show. Right, because we, we live in a fucking post-truth world these days. Right. No, I don't really think that's true, but this no, is but how people is frame... No, objective than ever. Don't you think, like, in terms of the, at least the way that it is presented to us as a society who can consume information mm. on a timeline of our choosing... Yes. ...where this was never, ever possible before. This is the internetification of truth. Yeah, or at least I think truth has always been subjective, but yeah. it has been... Uh, somewhat more stringently controlled by a smaller number of people and less accessible, right. you know, right. various different truths, news sources, and, you know, I, I'm not a, like, cooked right-wing conspiracy lunatic nutjob who thinks, like, ah, we, there's no such thing as truth anymore, and what they're telling you is a lie, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, we are in a world where people like that, and, you know, there are very powerful vested interests who want to make sure that you believe that, There is no such thing as the real truth. It is so beneficial to so many parties to invest in a world where my truth and your truth can be super, super different. You know, it's why Donald Trump called his social media platform Truth Social. Right. It's true. Yeah. This is, for me, the most fascinating and revealing um, Lara Ville Magnifico when it comes to Jess. You know, like she is reacting to Abigail acting as the voice of audience. Yeah, and it and it you can reflect at least on on how the society we live in has shaped her understanding of of how that's possible and why she's allowed to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Jess realizes that she hasn't even asked anything about Big Gale. Great. And how she's doing, and Big Gale says, "Oh, that's okay. I know. <laughs> yeah, she's I like, know. I'm aware. Yeah. Well, that's really fine. And so the conversation is done." Big Gale ITMs, quote, I'm absolutely no closer to understanding what Jess wants because Jess changes this every five minutes, but I have to trust Felix at this point to see through that and choose stability with me over chaos with Jessica. At the end of the day, if he chooses Jessica, I'm not going to be there for the rest of their lives together calling out whenever she's dishonest. Right. 
Snaps for Big Gale. I thought this was excellent. Yeah, and also, like, this is the other part. Big Gale deserves more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Know your worth, girl. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still frustrating that Big Gale, her, like, strongest and best character moments are still defined by her relationship to the other to, relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think she has come off really well and people really like her. Definitely. So, you know, I don't, yeah, I hope she's feeling okay about it. It has been decided that Damien should be a part of this episode. This is so funny to me. Yeah. So there is this very deliberately included conversation between Damien and a producer that kicks things off. The producer, by the way, wearing the brunchiest of all brunch hats. (laughs) Can we describe the hat? I don't remember it. It is a brown suede cowboy brunch hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just like you are from the Gold Coast. (laughs) And he's having a chill one. You have shopped at Thrills. <laughs> uh, well, this producer tells Damien very clearly that he absolutely doesn't have to do this if he doesn't want to. He's not being forced. He's not being pressured into it. And I think the inclusion of this is, is very interesting. And it obviously casts some doubt onto Damien's intentions. It's so deliberate, isn't it? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, this, this moment creates the impression which I frankly had not really thought about that much up until now. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of silly not to, but it creates the impression that being televised is very important to Damien and, and this moment being on the show as opposed to just being something that these people talk about in their real lives. What's funny about that is that I saw it from the entire opposite <gasps> perspective. Right, okay, talk to I me about that. I thought this is the show covering its ass. Right. In you know what, what I mean? In terms of like, this man who is not The Bachelor, yeah. has entered into this of his own free will. Oh, yeah. And here, we're showing it to you. For sure, yeah. I think yeah. that's definitely part of it. Like, I don't know, on a legal framework or whatever, because, you know, they, no. could, they could have that footage and not put it in the TV show and of then show course. it if there were some court hearings or whatever. Yeah. But I think you're right in the sense that it makes the show look good. It makes the show look good and it makes Damien look like... A crazy man. Yes. And I think even to the casual audience member, seeing this makes you think, A, the thing I said about Damien wanting this to play out on TV. Yeah. But B, like, the TV show did everything it could to try and stop this, you know? Yeah. In the same way that I think it, it's similar to how sometimes the cameras don't capture the action very well. Right. Because they want to create the subconscious illusion that... This is all just happening, and thank just, God we, we were there to capture it. You know, like yeah, yeah. Um, we tried the hard, the best we could, or whatever. And we tried to just, talk him out of it. Unfortunately, The Bachelor is just so interesting, and everything that happens on here is so exciting. And yeah. Damien could not resist. Right, he got drawn into its whirlwind Yikes. or its whirlpool. Or Jess's whatever. Venus flytrap. <laughs> yeah, um, Jess is already crying as he approaches and breaks into this full body wail. Someone remix this. <laughs> Someone remixed this sound for TikTok. I mean, she's having a really bad time. She's having a really bad time, but goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, yes. It, it I don't ramps feel sorry up. for her. Well, it's tough, isn't it? it? It ramps up as he gets closer to her. And, you know, people are talking about, like, he's, he's her captor or whatever, or, you know, there's some... The phrase that I've seen band- bandied about online, and a phrase that I wish I had thought about more in our last episode, was coercive control. Hmm. And that, to me, represents what the show is presenting of their dynamic. Yeah. And it's obviously, we can only speak to what we're seeing on the TV. Of course. 
and what we're seeing on the TV seems bad and harmful. It does seem bad and harmful, and it seems like it might run a little bit both ways. Yeah, I also think that people are going a bit too far when they focus on, and I think we even did this in our last Probably. episode, uh, focusing on what I would consider to be like almost the supernatural elements or whatever. Or, or you know, yeah, like it's the it 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 is interesting in a um, in a tabloidy kind of way that. He's up to some weird stuff and... He's doing conscious he's conversations. Killed on this stuff that he read online. His and hair is receding to the point that it has devil horns in it. Like, it's so... Right. The fruit is low-hanging, and sometimes that fruit is delicious. Yeah, exactly. Um, but However, I think the, the reality of the relationship is, is uh, not a... Well, I mean, the, it's not necessarily simple either way, but um, there's more to dig into there beside just... Um, that he is a weird dude. Right, yeah, exactly. Or is presented as a weird dude. And as I mentioned on Twitter, and I wish that we, we had maybe mentioned this or, or to, you know, figured this out a bit earlier, his presence as a weird dude is doing a great job of distracting you from the other weird dude that they cast to be one of the three bachelors, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's also true. Uh, anyway, Jess thanks him for coming to support her, and he says, always, I'm always going to be there for you whenever you need me, Okay. The reason why I came back is to let you talk, to let you speak, and to hold space for you. I wanted to let you speak your truth, and I wanted to witness that. So I'm just going to be calm, be quiet, and let you speak. And Jess takes a deep breath and says, We've sort of entered into this journey as a couple in technically an open relationship. Technically. It, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't think she's ever said that like that before. You know? It's technically one. Yeah. Hypothetically. She's trying to soften it even ahead of the breakup. You yeah. know, there are elements of narrative control here. And I also think that Damien very much knows what he's doing by holding the space. Right. But at this point in time, she says, I feel like you probably deserve someone that is completely all in. I love you and I care for you so, so, so much. I do want to explore things with Felix and I don't know whether he's going to choose me, but I feel as if, if I don't explore this potential with Felix, I will think, what if? At this point in time, I feel like that's where I need to go. Damien frowns for a while and then says, I'm so proud of you. And with everything in me, I hope that when you get to Felix, that door is wide open and it is just so full of love for you because you deserve it. You deserve everything. I love you. Do you believe a word? It's, it's interesting because I do on some level, but I also sense he is working hard to protect, protect himself. His image? His image, like the way he's coming off on the television. We talk about the fourth Bachelor as a running joke on this franchise. Yeah. This is very fourth Bachelor-y. I agree. And... The look that he gives to camera in just a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so they hug. There are some pretty nice strings on the soundtrack. Uh, he tells her to breathe. They touch their foreheads together again, and he kisses her hand, walking away from the church and towards the spot where the crew are standing. A producer asks if he's all right. He says, no, fuck no, absolutely not, before standing very still, looking at the camera, and doing a series of faces which range from sulky yeah. to DreamWorks eyebrow lift. We get his whole portfolio here. <laughs> he really is doing the real, you know? It's pretty phenomenal. 
that he stares down the barrel of the camera is conscious mm. that he is on television right now mm. and goes sad, no, smoldering, yeah, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, cheeky. Che- you know? Yeah. Like, there's all sorts of, you know... Randy. <laughs> you know. Right. There are so many different looks that he gives the camera in this moment. Yeah. That all... They can't, like, as the show, it's like fantastic job reel. including this. Yes, yes. Because it undoes everything that he has said before to a certain extent. And they don't have to add any commentary. They don't have nope. to say anything. Nobody has to add anything. His face speaks for him. Right. It's a very powerful series of images. Um, we see an ITM from Jess saying, if you can break up with anyone, that's how I'd want for it to go. I just hope that he's okay. A producer asks Damien how he's feeling. And he keeps doing a bunch more faces, yeah. cycling through them, um, and sad piano and strings sort of swell up in the background. And after a beat, he replies, I've got no idea. I've got no idea how to answer that question at the moment. And he chuckles, but not happily. He chuckles, in the subtitles it says, chuckles mirthlessly. Ooh. And I was like, that's exquisite. Yeah. Um, until we cut to commercial. Very interesting. I can't pin down... What he's feeling here, you know? It's wild. Yeah. Because I'm reading The Joker. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm also reading Man Who Has Just Been Broken Up With. Right. Like, there, he is wounded here. I think definitely. Yeah. And for Jess to say that if you could break up with anyone, this is the way to do it. Mm. And for me, it's like, what? Over the course of six episodes on a reality television <laughs> in public, series. Yeah, outside a church. That you don't have any control over? Yeah. Absolutely. Strongly not. disagree. Yeah. No. It's and kind Damien's of incredible like, that they I managed to get that out of her. To yeah. do this. Right. He's yeah. come back from Townsville to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Which is a fucking long Do we series think he's going flights. home in between? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he's got a he's got a pretty cushy motel yeah. room nearby. Um there's some more incredibly on-the-nose pop music on the soundtrack here. Not a huge amount of it on this episode, but I really did enjoy what I heard. Uh, I took note of these lyrics. So many times I've heard promises of romance, but there's something about you that makes me believe in another chance. Oh, no. So I went down a rabbit hole trying to find out what this song was. Right. Normal. It's been less than 24 hours since this episode. Understood. Turns out this... Uh, this lyric, this, uh, this exact sample, this recording, is used in at least four or five different pieces of music in many different genres. So I think this is just like in some sample pack or some free library software or gotcha. something like that, which I also kind of think is funny because I'm like, well, they're not trying. You no. Know. I guess like limited budget, they're doing what they can, but it, it was funny to I me. I think limited budget really plays into what we might describe as the constraints of yeah. this season, whether it is wardrobe whether it is... Single date destinations. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. All yeah. those bells and whistles that we might have expected. Mm. Um, even with the screen Queensland, Queensland tourism spawn <laughs> yeah, yeah. mun. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of digital effects in this season. Yeah. Which I imagine probably chewed up some of the budget. Absolutely. As much as it seems simple to replace right. a green screen or whatever. But they've built an entire AI man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one of the bachelors comes in is, here and it kind of sounds like this. That's the one problem is the voice isn't quite there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like, like has always been a problem. They should have just got like Hatsune Miku or something. Yeah, just get a voice actor. Well, yeah, that would work too. What about the voice of Goku? You know what I mean? Bring him in. What's he up to these days? Can't be much. Maybe he's still doing the voice of Goku. I know they still make movies and stuff, right? Do they? Yeah, there was oh. a Dragon Ball Z movie. It was like one of the highest grossing movies of the last year. Well, look, Rock the Dragon then. Sure. 
I don't know what that means, but have you ever watched Dragon Balls? I've never watched it. I've watched, in fact, last year I watched the whole thing, Dragon Ball Z, what? all the way through. What? Yeah, it's like 270 episodes. It never came up even once? No. Not on the podcast, but not even in conversation? Not even in real life. No, I did it late at night um, because it was like a soap opera. It yeah. was fascinating to do. Most of it was unnecessary. Well, it sounds um, that way because it never came up. Well, yeah, it was It was fascinating. There was a couple of good, they called, they break them into sagas. Mm-hmm. And some of them are so filler, so full of filler, yeah. that the show has condensed them down into a separate series called Dragon Ball GT, where they simply pull out a hundred episodes of the original run yeah. that are irrelevant to the plot. <laughs> I wish I knew that going in. Yeah. And I also wish that someone would do that for the fucking Bachelor. <laughs> uh, it's not initially clear on first watch, but... It's at this point, about 27 minutes into the episode, minus ads, uh-huh. that we have done all the necessary table setting and it's time to actually see the final decisions. Right. I did not know that that was what was about to happen as we came out of this commercial break. But what we do, we start with Thomas, whose segment lasts seven minutes in total. Phenomenal. The three men are all dressed and ready, and they pat each other on the back, and they say, oh, buddy, you got this. Oh, get yeah, on, get yeah, out, go I out there, yeah. give it your best shot. Uh, and Thomas ITMs, now, now I'm at the point where I found that person. I've got the one. I found my soulmate. And it's crazy to think that only in a few short moments, I'm finally going to be able to propose to her. But first, I need to say goodbye <laughs> to a really remarkable woman. This is... The funniest moment in the entire series. For sure. The way that this show slaps the viewer across the face with the open side of a skillet. Uh-huh. I, I have rarely laughed this hard watching this show. I stood up out of my seat. It is truly brutal. I simply could not believe it. And it's bizarre because... Everything has been building to this exact moment. This is right, and we didn't see it coming, and this is what makes this so, so phenomenal to me, right? Like, we have watched Thomas break up with woman after woman Mm -hmm. in the most blunt way possible, while also talking about chasing beauty and living an amazing life. Right, right, right. Right? And also, week after week, we have seen both him and the TV show completely ignore Lauren. Right. Who... As far as the edit and the TV show are concerned, may as well not have shown up. She might as well not have been on the program. Thomas steps out into the garden and quickly finds his mark amongst charitably $100 worth of like scattered roses. Sure. Have you, like, it, I, I would love to, I'll, I'll have to pull these and do some side by side comparisons of the whatever you call, we need a name for like the destination, you know, like the oh. the point at which the proposal or the, you know, the ending takes place because some of them have been among the most beautiful images I've ever seen in my life. Sure. <laughs> you know, I've been to the Louvre <laughs> and I thought uh, it holds, holds not but a candle to season, what, five episode. Yeah, whatever. or Blake Garvey's season. Goodness gracious. Sure, in yeah. South Africa. Because obviously what? normally there's some Regular kind of... Africa? There's some kind of regular Africa. Normally, there's some kind of destination. What do you call it? Africa neutral? <laughs> Medium Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Normally, normally that you know. But even if even setting aside a destination, mm. even if it's like you know in the Blue Mountains or whatever, they've managed to find a much better looking spot and they decorated and lit the shit out of it. Right here, right. it's daylight. It is broad. It's a garden that already already exists. So they've gone. Oh, great! Well, there's green in the background. We're sorted. This is great. Yeah. We're done here. They also duck the camera in, like into the bushes, yeah. so that there are some roses or some other flowers in the extreme foreground, sort mm. of out of focus, but making you think, oh, there's there's fucking flowers everywhere. This is ornate. When in actual fact, there's two of them, and they're right. just right in front of the camera. Right. Anyway, Lauren steps into frame. Thomas says. Holy moly. It does sound like a poo. I heard it back on the previous episode. And I was like, it's too much like a poo. Yeah. Anyway, I can't do it. It's fine. We, I will never have to do it again after today. After this. Thomas says, holy... Do you want to try it? Holy... No, hang on. Why, is this, why am I sounding like this now? <laughs> holy moly. No, he, sound, he says... Because he kind of talks about how everything's like amazing. So he says, holy moly. Yeah, that's good. And then immediately says... I'm so sorry. You're not the one. <laughs> this is so funny. That's it. This is. And then she says, okay. <laughs> That's all good. Phenomenal. Max, I was reeling. This is riveting television this is for one of the so best, many reasons. This is one of the best moments of this show. I yes. Think. This is up there with Dog Cunt. This is up there with Piss, you know, Piss Speech, Pop Plant. Yeah. This is uh, up there Chlamydia. with. A tremendous waste of everyone's time. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely You're not the one. a top 10 okay. all-time moment. You're not the one. Okay, that's all good. Uh, and then <laughs> Lauren adds, Leah is so amazing and I love her to death and I just want you to be happy. So yeah, I'm really happy for you. Thomas says, thank you. They hug and that's it. In a reasonably fucked up voiceover, he adds, Lauren will always hold a very special place in my heart. Without her, I wouldn't be ready for what's next. What? So she was just a shitty old stepping stone, right? To get to beautiful Leah. That's right. So that's a season wrap on Lauren. We have seen all we that the show wanted us to see. We don't from her in the limo. No. It's she, pretty we get We get 10 seconds with her at the very, very end of the episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah, jeez Louise. Clap her uh, off, guys. You I know? mean, God. Really great season for Lauren. There have Lauren. been a lot of... That's a wrap on Lauren, you guys. Yeah. Well done. There have been a lot of thankless, you know, parts in this season. But I yeah. think Lauren really... Playing the part of Lauren. Bore the brunt of it, you yeah. know? Uh, and she entered the show with 3,420 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. At the time of recording, is sitting at 4,597. That's an overall gain of just 1,177. Which is fucking awful. You live in a mansion for two months. Yeah. You make it all the way to the final two. Literally in the finale. And you get slapped with a wet fish. <laughs> You're not the one. No. Get out of here. Yeah. Huh? You? No. No. I, I called for the other one. <laughs> Appalling. Truly so brutal from him. There's no preamble. There's no tact. No. It is wonderful. I, I mean, charitably... We, know, we love to be charitable in this show. Mm. I imagine the conversation was not this brief in real life, oh. but it can't have been that much longer. That's right. And I truly am gooped and gagged by the brutality, mm. the, the swiftness of the edit, just everything about it. The show it. played this off so well. Pure comedic timing mm. in a very brutal and hurtful way to one person who is already the butt of the joke of the right. season. Right, right. I don't think that she's the butt of our joke, but it's just like, come on. She's got the short end of the stick every single time. 
Now it's time for another truly weird scene featuring two of the least passionate performances. I'm calling them performances. <laughs> it's a little bit reductive, but like this is, this is one of the most passionate moments that anybody can have in their life, right? right. And the, the, the stillness and the... It's wooden. Neutrality. Yes. And the woodenness of the... Because I do believe that there is an element of performance here. Yeah. Obviously, they're aware that there are cameras trained on them and this will be watched by many, many thousands of people. So I think... You know, there's an element of preparation. There's an element of like, how am I going to come off doing this? Just like with, with most things in this show. You think about how you're going to respond and what you're going to say. Right. And for the tone to be where it is here, I think is truly bizarre. The but, Yes, exactly. Right. The weight of the words. The versus, words I think are okay. Mostly, you know, Oh, I agree. Speaking. Right. Like the weight of the words versus the delivery of the performance is yes. what we're talking about. Right. Right. Someone's written a pretty good script. Yeah. It's just that the actors who are carrying the, the <laughs> performance are not doing not doing it. They're justice. not invested in the characters right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thomas ITMs. This is literally the moment he's been waiting for his entire life, and we see Leah dressed in bright red step out into the garden as she ITMs. I've been waiting to fall in love since the moment I found out you could fall in love. Yeah, she fucking googled it. <laughs> I didn't think I could love. I thought something was broken inside of me, and the fact that I've met someone and I've opened up with him and I've become vulnerable. I've not only found myself, but I found the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. This poor woman. This is really tough, huh? She tears up in the ITM footage as I think they have included every possible frame of her crying at every point in this journey. Yeah. Uh, And she says, I can't picture my life without Thomas now. She meets him in the garden and she says, this whole experience with you has just been the journey of a lifetime. I never thought I would fall in love with someone. I hoped for it, but I didn't think it would come true. Her frailty in yeah. this moment yeah. is quite touching and also one of those things that just, like, it broke my empathy bone. Yeah. But I also think she is not, well, I don't feel it as much as I have in other moments from her here. Sure. Um, I feel the empathy more strongly because of the circumstances. Yes. And because I know what's happening. Yes. Um, but... She's not as emotional as I have seen her in other times and other places, which is kind of odd. But mm, yeah, yeah, that for me part is, of it like is part of it is like she has grown, and this is also like a happy moment for sure, her. Sure, I think that she's feeling resolute. It's just that as the audience, we're looking at it and going, "Oh no!" Right, exactly. And it's hard to enjoy the uh, any positive feelings from this because there is that sense of dread. Yeah, you know? it's the dread of like you're not ready every word out of your mouth continues to say, I'm not ready. Yeah. That's the subtext. Yeah. Thomas is clearly not ready. Right. Th- that is text. Yes, exactly. Right. This is about to be a disaster. Right. Because you're going to attempt to get married. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Thomas is similarly very flat in his delivery when he says, it's been, s- I have to fucking do it, don't I? It's been so amazing to see you blossom throughout this experience. When I first saw you, my heart stopped for quite a long time. I came in here with lots of hope. Not much belief, but lots of hope. And I haven't felt love or been in love in such a long time. And then here she comes. I literally cannot thank you enough for simply being who you are. And, for, and then the music drops out here when he says, And for turning my hope into absolute reality. That's interesting. It is interesting. Reality TV, you might say. (laughs) Leah says, I've never fallen in love before. 
I found myself here, and you've allowed me to love again. Now. Now. <laughs> Is that just a syntactic difference between falling in love and being in love? I don't know. Which I there don't might know if be. she's thinking about that difference. No, I don't know either. I mean, you know, she's improvising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's she's yes gone script. <laughs> the script was there. She's gone off it. Yeah. Uh, I thought something was broken inside me, but you set me free. And yeah, I'm so in love with you. Thomas gets down on one knee. Leah lets out this, wow. 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 It's like when you get the, like a Christmas present that you don't want from an aunt that you don't like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Or it's like one of those, uh, what are they? Those like stick things that have some kind of weird liquid in them that makes them go like, ew. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas says, Leah, I'm absolutely in love with you. I literally love every single... Oh, no, I did that, didn't I? No, oh, you no. didn't. He's saying the same shit again. He's saying, he's saying, I literally... I literally am absolutely loving all this stuff about you. I made that one up, but whatever. Honestly. I literally love every single thing about you, and I never thought I would be proposing to someone after just a few weeks, but you're the one. I just want to experience every day of every single day of my life with you. I want to be spontaneous with you. I want to create life with you. I'm so blessed to have found you. Will you marry me? And she says, yes. Of course she does. And he puts the ring on her finger and she says, oh, that's wow. Oh. They Again, <laughs> that's a sensation. That's your reaction to experiencing a sensation that you don't want to. Yeah, that's oh, like somebody. That's, oh. that's like you go in for a massage and they start touching an area you weren't, you know, thinking it would. It's like if a colonoscopy <laughs> is what it's, it's giving colonoscopy. That's all I can say. It's giving colonoscopy. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. Oh, oh wow. Uh, they kiss. Thomas sh says, "Wow, I'm in shock right now." The two of them share an ITM where he says, "Mr. and Mrs. Maliaselli," and she says, "That's got a good ring to it," and she points to her ring. Ha ha. Mm. They agree, this is crazy, which it I is. think it is. And finally, a producer asks them, what's one thing you guys can't wait to do as a couple? And Thomas Maliuchelli says, I'm going to say it, have sex. Repulsive. Just. And that's a season wrap that's on Thomas. That's a season wrap on Thomas Melucelli. Thank fucking God. A disgusting little man. Clap him off. That is really well done from Thomas. Thomas entered the show with 11,103 followers on Instagram and is leaving with 20,495, basically doubling his reach and therefore his potential to capitalize on people's weaknesses and insecurities via his <laughs> multi-level marketing scheme. Good. Not happy about it. Not thrilled. He's Not continuing thrilled. to gain followers as we speak, oh, as we record course. this podcast. Uh, look, I, I get on some level there's a temptation to see what is next with this guy because it's rare that you get someone like this in the world. Yeah. You know? But also, just don't buy his products. Yeah, it's rare that someone like this is platformed on national television. Right, and I would argue perhaps for the better. I think so too. Leah began the season with 2,305 followers and is now sitting at 6,020. Uh, so that's a bit, you know. Sure. And we'll, we talked to her a, a tiny bit again at the at very end of the episode and we'll, we'll check in with where everybody is when we get there. But up next, it's Jed's final decision between Angela and Elysia. 
It's scored by a song called Heal Me by an artist called Natalie Smith. You're welcome if you're Today. putting a playlist Natalie, together of you. some of the most boring music you've ever heard. <laughs> uh, Jed's segment here goes for almost exactly 20 minutes. Yes. Um, I, I made this joke on Twitter, but it's very funny to see the the flashback section of Angela's best moments, which is what we start with. Yeah. Because it's literally, it, it's like basically the entire sum total of all of her screen time to date. Right. We see the conversation at the Pink Flamingo where she was edited to death and then he interrupted her anyway. We see a shot of them kissing on the couch at the batch pad. Uh, we see the conversation where she revealed that she was falling in love with him and he interrupted her again. Um, really inspiring stuff. The brother thing. Right, yes, that came up too. Um, Angela ITMs, I do think that he's going to pick me. I just don't see Alicia and him ending up together. Purely knowing what he and I have, I think it trumps it. And then we cut to Alicia, who says, I hope I end up with Jed in the natural world. The natural world. Yeah. That's such interesting phrasing. Phrasing. Right. Like, we've heard a lot of people talk about the real world or in the, the world real outside life. of this, yeah. or real life or whatever. I've never heard the natural world. Well, I think it serves to highlight that this experience is unnatural. Of course. Not to be a man of experiences. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But this is an unnatural <laughs> experience. Yes, absolutely. And she's right to highlight it. She says, if I were the last girl standing up there with Jed, I would definitely tell him and confirm to him that I'm falling for him. But then you've also got to factor in the fact that we were told about a ring when we came in, which I feel Angela may be more open to than I am. We've talked about all this. Yeah. We watch Jed wander into the church that we saw earlier in the episode as both women appear to approach at the same time. Mm. But it's Angela who enters first as Jed like bows his head while sitting on the pew. Uh, he tells her she looks amazing. She says, I wasn't expecting to get to a point of literally falling in love with someone because it takes me a while in general. Genuinely, I didn't think it could happen, but here we are. Jed is grateful to her for opening up, saying, my feelings have definitely grown for you throughout this thing, like thicker and thicker, especially after our last date. Thicker! <laughs> my feelings for you have grown thicker and thicker. Do you think it's with a CK or with CC? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's with a CC. My feelings have been doing squats. Yeah. Getting mad gains Mm -hmm. on their glutes. My feelings have gotten their very own BBL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, I hope for all of our beautiful friends in The Bachelor that they experience a BBL of their feelings, Mm. you know? My feelings have got lip filler. My feelings have got breast implants. <laughs> you name it. <laughs> uh, she agrees. Is BFFL, is that big friendship facelift? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Great. Yeah. Uh, BBL, is that bachelor butt lift? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she agrees, but then he says, the thing I've had to keep thinking about is my job. What a cop out. And I still can't give you a solid answer of where I'm going to be and how long away I'm going to be. No. And I know it's important to you. I feel like my absence would just do you a disservice if you I'm going to be away for X amount of time. little boy. I've been thinking a lot and trying to rattle my brain whether no. I can give you a time and I feel like it's just going to be a stumbling block. Making this decision... Um, 
I've decided that we can't move forward. I'm really, really sorry. I know you've opened up so much and seeing you from the start and where we are now, I'm really, really sorry. And Angela says, right. Okay. Sorry, babe. I've mm. got to go on tour with my middling pop punk band. Sorry, babe. I don't know when or where, for how long, for what reason. That what... I might be on tour. Yeah. Or some other thing that I... You didn't even mention tour. No, it, my work. It's not even that specific. You I know? might even, you know, have to fly to Sydney one day to record a session drum. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do that in Melbourne. Can't do it over the... Yeah. No. There's a beat. And Angela says, <laughs> yeah. he's brought his little, his little uh, comfort drum kit. What do you call it? Right. Yeah, his emotional support drum kit. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. He busted out. Uh, Angela says, it's just a little odd to me because the last time we saw each other, we had a conversation about travel and I thought we nipped it in the bud. Hold his feet to the fire. Yeah. Call him out. Yeah. Uh, she's totally taken aback and, and she's right to be. We all definitely saw him tell her parents and her that it wouldn't be a problem. Right. We mentioned she could work the merch desk at yep. the gig. Uh, his band is really not that big to begin no. with. Um, I granted, think he's putting a lot of weight into the fact that maybe his band will be really big after The Bachelor. For sure, because he's he's he knows that he's implanted it into almost every episode. Right. You know? um, which we will, I guess, remains to be seen. We don't know. Uh, but also, like, even if this season creates a huge profile for Mood Monroe, right? Yep. And it is, seen by, it is seen by hundreds of thousands of people in Australia and all of them go out and start becoming Mood Monroe fans or whatever. Right. There are only so many cities and venues in this country. Like, I don't think he has any presence outside of Australia. A national tour yeah. comprises at most... Nine stops. Like, you would hope it would be more, but in this day and age, with the cost of touring... At absolute most. You would have to be a really successful band to be able to do regional shows in this environment, basically, right. at all. Right. So, what that means is you're going to hit capital cities, and that means you're going to get it done in a couple of weeks. You are done in Maybe a couple of weeks. Maybe stretch it out in... Right, exactly. Maybe you would want to stretch it out over a few weeks... Just to make sure you're only hitting weekends. Plus, the touring economy at the moment is tanking. Right. This is the other part of it. People are playing to half-empty rooms across the country because post-pandemic, people are either not going to shows yeah. or having their needs met in an entirely different way. And it means that the whole industry and the model through which artists make money needs to be rethought. It's all being reevaluated. Re yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. How many Instagram followers do Mood Monroe have as of time of recording, 4.01 p.m., on Monday the 30th of January. Uh, can you give me... Is it is it five digits? It's not. It's four digits. It's four digits. That's... Uh, that's crazy. And let me tell you, it's barely four digits. Really? So we're talking in the, in the twos, maybe? You're giving me a face like it's not in the twos. Is it in the ones? I want you to go lower. It's in the ones. It's in the ones. So we're talking like 1,500? I want you to go lower. You're kidding me! I want I'm not you doing to this go as a bit. lower. Twelve hundred? I want you to go Stop lower. It. In the one zero zeros? One zero six one. Oh my god. Gotta go on tour, babe. Holy shit. Look, that's more followers than we have. That's more followers than any music project I've probably ever been in. Sure. But still, 
I've had partners while I was in those really, you know, while I was playing in those. <laughs> Yeah. Like the the it idea is fine to be in a band and go on tour and have a relationship, right? Exactly. That's what we're saying. The idea that he has been quote rattling his brain, not a phrase, doesn't matter. <laughs> trying to think about how long he could possibly be away for, it's like that's going to be a problem not just with his future relationships, but also with his career prospects. Yeah. Planning is important when it comes to any of these things, whether it's touring, whether yeah. it's recording, anything that takes time and money. You need a good, solid, concrete idea of how long you are going to set aside for these things. Right. The fact that he, even under this tremendous amount of pressure, apparently can't even consider the possibility of how long it might be. To be a musician is to have a working understanding of physical logistics. Right. That is the black and the white of it. Yeah. And maybe what you are telling have to me, be, but that's how it goes. In saying that you don't know how long that you might be away for. He's like, yeah, unfortunately. You are not at the level that you think that you are. Right. He's like, unfortunately, I don't really know. I think we meant to, we're meant to play like six years at the one venue and then Yikes. we move to the next city and then we play another. You no, know, it's such a, it's, it's, uh, it's such a huge cop out. It's well, yeah, so funny. It's, Jed, Jed is blaming this on his career when it really has absolutely nothing to do he with that. He just likes Angela better. Right. Wait, no, the other one. Elysia. <laughs> he likes Elysia better. But I think we should talk about this. It creates the impression, to some people at least, that people who work in music or people who are musicians or people who work in the music industry or any other similar creative industry or whatever uh-huh. can't have a functional relationship. Silly. Can't, you know, intersperse those two things with each other, have a healthy balance. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, it can create a challenge. I think it's a, a, it's a perfectly reasonable conversation well, for sure. them to have. Yes. He's not interested in having that conversation. No. I think it's bonkers. I think the fact that, you know, there's also the fact that he just goes on to choose the other girl who I guess is just going to have to fucking deal with it. Right. Yeah. Like, doesn't seem to be a concern for her. Right, because that was also raised on their date, was it not? I don't remember. Me neither. Let's go. But Angela, Angela is fucking good here. She is just, she's confused and taken back by this approach and she doesn't hide it and says, so that means that even though you said you were falling in love with me, that obviously you were also falling in love with somebody else at the same time. Yeah, I suppose that's how it is. It's your own decision and I can't do anymore. It is what it is. She walks out of the church as weirdly heavy distorted guitar, like almost like metal music plays or whatever. I guess she's like a scorned church lover metal. Or, it's church metal, yeah. Um, in ITM, she sort of chuckles to herself as she says, I just feel like an idiot. I feel so blindsided. Going off what took place a couple of days ago, I truly, in hearing the words, I'm falling in love with you, to then come to now where it's just like ended, I just don't have the words for it. I didn't think this was what was going to happen. I that's don't know fair. if that's naive, but that's just how it is. It's fair and it's honest. I really thought this was good. Totally. Yeah, this is great from Angela. Um, she, Another person who has not really been a focal point of this show despite getting to the final two. Right. Um, but yeah, this is where we say farewell. A season wrap to Angela. Clap her off. Entered the show with 497 followers. Pretty crazy to look like that, you know? Maybe it's a new account. I don't know. And, like, I'm not saying better-looking people are entitled to more Instagram followers. Sure. But there's definitely a correlation there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she now has 3,395, which I think is a pretty decent result. Okay. We'll probably keep growing for, you know, the next week week or so as people catch up on the episode. But now it's time for Jed and Alicia. Jed ITMs, I am in love with Alicia. She's the most amazing woman I've ever met in my entire life. I feel like I've been lost from like my house or something. And when I'm with her, I'm, I'm finally home. 
That's kind of cute. It is pretty nice. I like. You know what I like? I like that you can tell that he is improvising. Yeah. He's not. You know, he's not over prepared. He's trying as well. He's yeah. trying to find these fun ways to say things that haven't been said before on the show. Yeah. And I and I feel like the temptation for him would be there because he is a songwriter and right. he's used to trying to express his feelings. Uh, you know, in, in a written... the emotion ocean kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, God, we'll never get to hear the end of that song, will we? Mm. Um, but yeah, I want to give him some credit for that. I like that this doesn't quite fit together as a as an analogy. It's a know? little clunky, but it's great. Yeah. It's authentic to who he is. Right. He continues, Alicia's made it pretty bloody clear that she doesn't want me getting down on one knee. The answer may be no, but I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't ask. Aye, aye, aye. Do it later. <laughs> yeah. To Stop. quote, if I can quote past and future guest of the show, Matilda Bosley, yes. who had a really good tweet about this. Yes. Um, everyone should be following Matilda if you're not already. Um, she said, hey, Siri, how do I tell a woman I love that I see her as a means to my own emotional fulfillment and not as a real person to nurture and support? Yikes. Because yeah. that's what it is, right? He wants to do a marriage. He wants to do he a wants marriage. To do he it wants to, to do a marriage for the TV. He can see all the potential future benefits and he, come hell or high water, is proposing. Right. Alicia ITMs, hopefully he wants to be with me because he wants to be with me and not just choosing someone who wants to say yes to a ring. Oh, no. She enters the church. They stand together hand in hand with light pouring in through the stained glass. Stunning dress for Alicia. Beautiful. Right out of the uh, Mike Kem. Right out of the Mike Kem Helena. Helena. What is it? Uh, I had feelings for Elena Christ. that I've never really had for anyone. Stunning dress from Elysia here as well. All black in contrast to Jed's stark white. And yeah, we've got to talk true. about Jed's suit just oh, quickly. Yeah. What is going on with the, the torso thing? Yeah, there's like a cutout. With yeah, like a little... it's like a skeletal torso. What is, what do you, it what do looks you call intimate. That? Yeah. It looks like something you would wear on your wedding night. You right. Know? Yeah. I kind of love it. Take it off. Yeah, right, exactly. It's something you would have your lover take off, mm. you know? Uh, <laughs> it's the most I've thought about Jed in that situation in Me my life. Did. Yeah. Um, I like that they're both wearing something that is um, somewhat demure and classy, but also quite revealing. Yeah. Oh, this is the other thing. It feels like it's like, um, like her emo tits prom. are up to her chin. Oh, yeah. 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 This is full Jack and Sally. It is. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that's the right mood for them. Have you seen that movie, Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas? I have. I don't <gasps> like Tim Burton. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, what makes you say that? Because I know you haven't seen that many. I just kind of think Tim Burton is a bit of a ruiner. Okay, go on. In the sense that I don't like the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. Sure, okay. In the sense that I think that this is very overwrought. Uh, in the sense that I think that Edward Scissorhands could have been played to a much more emotive effect. Those mm. are the three Tim Burtons that I've seen. Oh, does he also do the fish movie? Big Fish? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that too. You've seen... I can't believe that. Yeah. There are so many... If, if you had handed me the list of whatever 20 Tim Burton movies there are, mm. that would have been like probably 15 on my list. Ben of ones Stiller's that I in think that, right? Seen. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the guy who tells the Billy lie. Billy Crudup's in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a Did great you film. like it? It's great, yeah. It's a great film, but I don't like Tim Burton. Yeah, because I, feel, I just feel like everything that he's attached to is stuff where I'm like, you have played this 20% too much. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that way about every single one of his movies, but that's a common, you know, that I can completely understand. Um, have you ever seen Beetlejuice? Nope. You might like it. Okay. It's got 
everyone's favorite best friend who never did anything wrong, Alec Baldwin, in it. Oh. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That's just, this, I'm referring to the setting. That we're oh, in. I understand. We're yeah, in church. Yeah. 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 Pew. Pew. <laughs> I thought you were referring to Florence Pugh, who's not in oh, any yeah, Tim Burton movies. In, yeah, okay. At least well, not yet. Thank God. Um, Jed makes sure to mention that he hates ice skating, but her presence made him comfortable. That's a good little full circle moment, I think. I laughed a lot a little at little callback. Imagine proposing someone and making sure to include the fact that you fucking hate ice skating. <laughs> In any other circumstance, it would be really funny. Imagine proposing to someone who you know is going to say no and then making sure that the <laughs> ice skating bit was also included. Yeah, he's like, this will sweeten the deal. This yeah. is going to really break the ice, Remember this? so nope. to speak. Mm. Uh, he says, I've completely fallen in love with you. I honestly have. And I've honestly never felt the way that I feel about you with anyone else in my whole life. Um, And I know this proposal has been a big nerve-wracking thing for you, but I have come here with a question. And she says, oh, God. He gets down on one knee and says, Elysia, will you marry me? And I notice there's a camera pointed right at him from very, very close up when he yeah. says, will you marry me? Yeah. The audio is pristinely captured. I wonder if maybe this was done as a retake or something. Did we have to take this a few times? I don't know. Curious. Because that doesn't happen for the other ones. No. Um, I mean, they could easily have shot more footage for the... Uh, Thomas Malicelli proposal that we didn't see, as sure. I mentioned before. But anyway, I'm just it's funny. Out. Like we get him at face height because it's in a different location, which I assume means that they're going to be able to shoot it more easily mm. because they're not outdoors in a weird bush. There are less uh, variables, oh, like good. Uh, like Oshigan's mm-hmm. folks said, right? Mm. Well, so but that's the interesting thing about it for me, right? You shoot it in such a way where you've got a clear shot of the face when it comes down, mm. uh, and we have a really vested interest in seeing it. Not to raise the specter of sport for a second time within this episode. You know, I hate ice skating. I know you hate ice skating. <laughs> I was watching the football before I came here. Okay. And there's this one player who is really important. He's got a busted ankle. Mm. And they had for the whole game, ankle cam. Like, just wow. like full focus on yeah. like, we'll cut away and we're going to see what this man's foot's doing. You can't see anything. <laughs> Right? This is the same sort of situation that I'm seeing here with face cam. Yeah. So this is where the important action is taking place. We'll right. make sure to right. keep our eyes on it. Yeah, totally. I get you. Um, so, yes. What? She says, oh, God. He gets down on one knee and says, Alicia, will you marry me? She says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know what to say. Oh, my God. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I just wasn't expecting it. Loved all this. Loved saying it that quickly. <laughs> she was like, no, no, no. No, and he did it anyway. Yep. No. Cut to commercial break, of course. Now, do, is it here where we talk about what this is? Yeah. Well, I think I think there's two things at play here. One, I think the producers were very invested in getting him to do a proposal. I agree. And I don't know if they could necessarily have forced him or whatever. No. But I think I don't know if they sweetened the deal or you know what the what the story well, is there. Say. The other thing, of course, is that. He is giving her a ring. Right. And that's an expensive piece of jewelry. Yeah. And if they if they pull off this heist properly, if they play their cards right, they're going to get to walk away with that thing, you know? Right. Which I think we'll talk about it a bit more. Um, so after the commercial break, she says, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. What does that mean? Mm. That's, there's two possible answers. You've given a third one. What are you, exercising your free will? <laughs> that's not what we do here. Not here on The Bachelors. That's right. 
Jed says, <laughs> she she says, I don't know. And then Jed's like, don't worry, I'll take the I'll take the rest of the conversation from here. Yeah. He says, I want you to know that I hear you and I don't just want to be in one place and be there without you. I'm not sure. What does that mean? I don't just want to be in I don't know. He's just trying to talk, really. You've this got to go probably... on tour. You're gonna to be in one place without her. <laughs> well, that's true. I think he's just trying to fumble his way through yeah. the sentence, you know. He means an emotional place. Yeah. He says, I want to continue this. I want to be your man. I want you to be my woman. Uh, And then he says, if we get there in a different season, I'm prepared. I want to go through this journey and this season with you. Now, that's an interesting word. Season. It's a phrase we heard him use last episode as well. Yeah. It's obviously a TV word, but I don't think that's what he's referring to. No, he's referring to the... um, stage that they're at in their relationship right yeah yeah i think i saw somebody on twitter um at reply us and say that the the season terminology has has been used in like their christian you know oh in their church or you know in in christian weddings that they've been to or whatever yeah i was under the impression that he was using season because he really did spring it on her (laughs) see i was under the impression that he didn't use seasoning because he's a fucking white guy (laughs) Just like all three of these. Anyway. Um, I want you to know that I'm not rushed with my feelings at all. Is that so? Um, I do know what I want. I still want to offer you this ring. And I know you're not saying yes to will you marry me. But I want to give you this as a sign. Because I'm willing to wait on so many things. Interesting. Interesting. What things? Describe them. Is this like Christian like sex before marriage situation? Oh, I don't know. That oh, was, I hadn't thought that was about what that. my mind jumped to because, hmm. well, I don't, I don't know as much as I know that he is Christian. I don't know how much he is Christian. And I don't know what yeah, denomination. Let's raise and the subtext here. Let's make the subtext text. Does Jed fuck? Does Jed fuck is a great question. I have no idea. Me neither. He projects the image. You know what? I can't even say. Hey, I think he projects fuck. He gives fuck. Yeah. He's giving fuck. Hey, I think he is giving fuck. And we hear... Jasmine, early in the season, say, Jed looks like he's really good at sex. Yes, I remember we that. We have heard nothing from his mouth. He's been quite chaste. Sex. Yeah. He's said that people are beautiful and good looking and stuff like that. Mm. Um, he hasn't said, like, four. Four. I haven't heard him say four even once. Not even one time. I reckon in the first episode, he said a few fours. I might have to go back and rewatch it. Um,. Alicia says, I, I'm falling for you and I hope you do know how much I want to be with you and I will put that on any finger you want as long as it's not, will you marry me? There is a marriage finger. Yep. There are other fingers that mean other things. Do you know about this? Mm, what do the other fingers mean? I can't remember. No. I know if you put it in, <laughs> I know if you put it on your middle finger, it means fuck you. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, one for sorrow, one for joy, three for girls and four for boys. Right. Yeah. What's that? Uh, it is a nursery rhyme. And that is also in the song uh, Murder of One by Counting Crows. Nice. Yeah. He kisses her. Then he quickly stops to double check that she does want to be with him. It's cute. He's like, wait a sec. Just making sure. Just to confirm. We're together. She's like, I am kissing you, aren't I? She says yes. They keep kissing. And it's, this is about as nice as it could be. It's pretty lovely. Given these circumstances. Yeah. Uh, He says, hey, we made it. Are you happy? And she says, so happy. When you ask that, oh my God, I was like, no, I want to be with you. And he says, I'll ask you again one day when we're both on the same page. So this overall, I think, is a pretty strange scene. It's really odd, but it's worked out. They really and it feels nice. Stick the landing, I think. Yeah. They make the most of it. 
you can you can definitely sense, as I said, that the producers just really wanted this to happen. Yeah. Um, regardless of how it kind of turned out, as not, you know, the the scene ends well, but there's a very uncomfortable part there where you can definitely sense like right cattle prods just to the side of oh, the shot. Oh, absolutely. You know? There's huge potential for the scene to end badly, as you might imagine, in a yes. cavalcade of anger and fear. Right. Right. It seems like more risk than it's worth. Yes. But they did get a lot of promos where they said that there would be proposals at the end. That's it, right? And I so feel like they would have gotten probably about the same value out of saying three bachelors, one proposal. I think so too. But I don't know. Maybe they were hoping to get three. Right. I think that's probably the case. Right. And they were like, okay, we'll, we'll let Felix off the hook if we can still get Jed over the line. Yeah. Even if he doesn't really, not everything's banking on it. Right. Know? But the other part of this is particularly because of the way that the season unfolded, the way that the edit, I assume, had to unfold, mm. we knew who the one who was proposing was from the very start. Right. And so we don't want to give up that gun. And I wonder if that's being storyboarded out True, and I also, as the season's being filmed. I also feel like they probably didn't want to stake everything on that because... Oh, my God, no. Of because what's going look who, on. Look who they cast. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I want to give Jed and Alicia credit for, in a way, kind of gaming the system here. Getting a free ring. It seems like this yeah. ring is there for them to use as proposal. I'm sure it's a nicer ring than they have given in the past for like a, a promise ring sort of scenario. Sure. Or whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it's hard not to root for them, at least on that level. At least see a d not on that level. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's effectively a wrap on both of them. Clap them they off. Have, they've both great been season, you guys. Pretty great, you know, pretty obvious winner sort of vibes. And mm. uh, both two of the biggest winners on Instagram this season. Tell me. Alicia began with 11,012 followers. Already big. Um, well, not, you know. Bigger. Already pretty big. Uh, and is currently sitting at 16,272. Okay. So not too bad. It's like five grand-ish. While Jed began with 13,267 and is now sitting at 41,638. People liking the Jed. People like Jed quite a bit. Now it is time for Felix's final decision. In a segment that goes for about 14 minutes. So we have a clear divide of one part Thomas, two parts Felix, and three parts Jed. Interesting. Which is a cocktail that I would not recommend drinking. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about the screen time that they've given to all three of these stories. Well, how do you weigh up the Jess and Damien narrative? Does that fall under Felix or that's is it, that just I'm, one I'm part Damien? I'm putting that separate. That's, okay. that's its own separate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking strictly about the, the actual segments where it's them doing the, the dump and the proposal. Which is fascinating. Taking the At dump. At the same time, taking the dump is phrasing. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the whole season has been building up to Felix and Jess. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that might be why they've structured it this way. Yes. Not necessarily the amount of time that they've given to each one, but the order that they fall in, Definitely. I think is also worth considering. You know, rather than ending with the the normalist, happiest ending with Jed and Alasia, who yeah. is maybe like the the easiest love story to kind of grab onto out of these three. Um, or rather than ending with the, you know, the big record-breaking first on-screen accepted proposal in Australian Bachelor history that we have with Thomas and Leah, they've opted to go with Felix. Right. Um, and, and the resolution of this Jess storyline, which has monopolized so much of the focus right. this season. Right. And I think this underlines the fact that this what this season was about overall, 
which is not a romantic love story. Really? No. You know, that was in there, but I think the focus of the season was drama. Yes. And for better or worse, you know, some some viewers have found that that revitalized their interest. And uh-huh. You can tell that a lot of people are watching because it more closely resembles the other more spicy and juicy, uh, you know, TV shows spice, that are available juice. out there. Yeah. Some people have felt like the show has abandoned them in a way. And, yes. um, you know, I think there's, there's truth in between both of those things. We'll discuss this more in our next episode. We had some more time to reflect on the season overall, but I just, uh, you know, I had those, those figures about how much time they spent on each things. So I figured it was worth mentioning. Definitely. So we watch Jess get dressed up and she ITMs that quote, Felix could be my future life partner. Like that's the reality of the situation, which to me is like, that's a grim state of affairs. Like, yeah. It's almost like, she's like, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm in danger of this really happening to me. <laughs> you know. I feel like he can see me for who I truly am. And I'm so proud of how far he's sort of evolved and how open minded. <laughs> that's great. Right. Yeah. Uh, how open minded he's been because he's definitely been challenged by me throughout this journey. And as she says this, particularly this last little bit, the, as, uh, how challenged he's, he's been by her, we're being shown footage of her like doing up her shoes, getting, getting ready, that kind of thing. But weirdly, she stares right into the camera as we hear that last line. Yeah. And like, obviously, that's something that we're used to seeing in an ITM, like where they look right at the camera and they tell the camera about how they're feeling or whatever. But it hit me so different in it's this context. Eerie. It was really bizarre mm. of her to just like, in, in sort of slow motion, like just sort of like gaze into the camera, especially as we're hearing about like all the challenges that she's brought to him or whatever. We know that Jess has aspirations of acting. This has been discussed outside of the show. Mm. I think that she has had some sort of training at NIDA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if this is her choice, though. I the, don't that know. That juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. Like, whether it is her choice or whether someone is directing her, Yeah, she's fulfilling the brief. Or I think it's, like, I don't know whether it's someone directing her or whether it's her choice to look at the camera. Yeah. But the fact that they show that, that footage at the same time as they're talking about, like, how much trouble she's been or whatever, that's yeah. not up to her. No. You know, yeah. Okay, just to be clear. She says, even though I've sort of closed that chapter with Damien, sort of. Sort of. To know that we got over that hurdle, it's actually sort of brought me a little bit closer to Felix. Sort of. I would fucking hope so, right? Yeah. I would hate for us to leave this experience without giving this a shot, so hopefully it all works out. What a romantic final line. Well, it's not her final line, but this is funny, right? It's really, the really The idea funny. that what it's boiled down to is like, I finally du- dumped, dumped Damien, <laughs> and now I'm willing to... Give this a shot. Sort of. Sort of, kind of, you know. As a drone shot of the garden frames the geography of the space, showing off the beautiful hedges, trees, and flowers, we hear voiceover from Big Gale, who says, It sounds bizarre, but I feel calm. I'm ready for this next stage, and there's not a doubt in my mind that I could see Felix as my partner. Cool. I can remember the very first moment that I met Felix, just thinking, Oh my God. This could be someone that is huge in my life. He's pretty tall. He's like 6'4", at least. Yeah. Yeah, huge is the word. She says, to go from getting a leaf at a blind date to getting a rock at the finale, it would be a real love story. Great line. That's that's one of the best This is reality TV poetry oh, right here. so good. Uh, yes, Felix stands pensively in the garden by a water feature. However, he's very careful not to let the water touch him at any point. 
we see Jess walk out as the strings swirl. Oh my goodness, we're meant to think. He's dumping He's Jess. He's dumping Jess. It's Abigail City, baby. All of this for naught. And then someone on production calls out to her. Jess, drone. And a buzzing sound has been added in post. And we see some footage of various production team members looking up in the sky. Now, this segment began with a drone shot. This is true. So they've sort of short-sold it a little bit here. But, you know, drone shot, very standard part of TV production in this day and age. However, the camera lingers on various members of the crew who make it clear that this is one of the bad drones. Yeah, this is unwelcome. It's not one of ours. What a finale, I'm thinking to myself. They're ending it with a drone strike. <laughs> Felix is going to be taken out at the last minute by a Reaper drone firing a Hellfire missile, which displays metal blades that kill targets with pre precision, minimizing collateral damage to nearby civilians. One of the most cursed Googles I've ever done Yikes. was types of drone weaponry. <laughs> uh, no, it's not that type of bad drone. We are told it is just a paparazzo. Um, anyway, all of that is just to distract us. Oh, I loved this. Did you? I thought that it was more than to just distract us. Okay. It's the paps, right? Oh, yes. It's... Paps are the enemy. Shots fired. Yeah. Like, and a full circle moment for Tash talking about the Daily Mail <gasps> in the oh, very first episode. That's good. This is tying all of the narrative threads together. I thought this was remarkable storytelling. Yeah. And also, like... Look at how tough we have at trying to do this show. Well, sure. Because the Bachelor drones, or rather because the drones are coming in and trying to spoil the ending. I definitely got that sense of like, oh, it's so hard to make The Bachelor. Like, But the other, thing, the other thing is very interesting to me. It shots fired for me. Like we're mm. shooting right out and we're also tying the narrative bow together. This felt clever. Yeah. Okay. I'll give, I'll give them a lot of credit for that. I'll give you credit for spotting it too. Because in my eyes, this was basically just to like a magician or whatever, oh, it's a bait being like, look what's going on over here whilst we shuffle Jess into this, like, you know, quiet room where the drones can't get to her. And then, uh, oh, yeah, it's time for uh, Felix to dump Big Gale, you know? Yeah. Which I thought was also quite clever. Great. It serves so many purposes. Yeah. Uh, this is the best TV show ever made. Sopranos who? Mad, mad what? Nope. Game of what? Etc. What's a TV show? Liftoff. That's a great show. It is a good show. One of the best shows yeah. ever made, I would say. Maybe we should, in the Bachelor off season, we'll yeah, become a Liftoff lift podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Felix tells Big Gale, this is the most time I've spent in my head in a long time. Normally he's fucking off his head, bro. What? Uh, it had me reminiscing on everything that we've been through together. Mm. It's your contagious positivity. Maybe it's because you had a cat in your little backpack, but thank God I found a way to give you a rose. I sort of, I trimmed this down a little bit. I'm Thank sorry. Thank you. Um, she corrects him. Sorry, sorry. A leaf, not a rose. Uh, he says, because the only constant throughout this entire chaotic journey has been you. You weren't interested in selling yourself to me or anything like that. You just wanted to have fun with me. And the purity of you as a human being, you are funny, smart, witty, beautiful. And I don't think I've ever met anyone in my life that is able to do all of that in one person. And I'm like... Just quietly, before we get on to the rest of it, Felix is doing the best, I think, maybe? Yeah. This is really nice. Yeah, it's really this fucking lovely. I, lovelier than anything I've maybe heard him say. You know? It's great. It's great. Um, but, he says, I've been searching and searching for something, and I don't think I've found it. <gasps> okay. You, ha you haven't? 
It's okay, she says. You have to do what's right for you. And he says, that's what makes it so hard because you are so perfect. I spent so much time inside searching for a why in my head, but it's just not there in the heart. So again, we've got this head-heart distinction. He says, I don't know why it's not there. And Abigail just says, I hope that you find it with Jess. And I hope that it's an absolute whirlwind of happiness. You've got this. I feel like Abigail takes a dump really well. Yeah. That. <laughs> just wanted to say that. That. There you go. Um, she, All right. She walks away. The camera follows her. A producer asks how she's feeling. And we get some footage, which I feel like is maybe not her direct answer to that question. I feel like it might be a little bit later. Uh-huh. But it's fucking good. She says, it's rubbish. It's not ideal at all. I was hoping to go in there with a totally different outcome. But I have always said that I want somebody to be 150% invested in being with me and to always choose me. If that's not how Felix feels, then I absolutely cannot convince him otherwise. Great. The ITM producer says, if Felix was to turn around to you one day and say that he's made the biggest mistake of his life, what would you do? And immediately, she takes no time. She says, I don't do second chances. It's fantastic. This is a sleigh. It's really good. This is fucking great. Like, I don't, I don't have too much to editorialize about here. It is textbook in terms of how to handle this situation. Yeah. The only thing that I will say is that I found that question from the producer about Felix turning around and saying, I've made the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah. Very cruel. Cruel? Weird. What are you looking for? Uh, crying. They're, they're looking oh, for tears. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. And she just absolutely won't have a bar of it. Right. It's an Abigail. Yeah. It's Slabigail. There's no way. There's nothing good there. It's not there, quite. Unfortunately. Slabigail. Slab- Slabigail? Well, I was slabbergasted. <laughs> Slabigail is if she makes a beer. Yeah. Sl- a, big, a, big, a big slayer? A big slay. Slayle? Slay. It's not there, is it? Listeners, write in with your suggestions. Felix ITMs this piece of dialogue that we've heard probably 20 times. Right now, I'm staring down the barrel of a massive risk with Jessica. Everything right now, I am questioning. Okay, Yoda. (laughs) Everything right now, I am questioning. (laughs) The girl that I really care for. Wake up with Damien, you must. (laughs) The girl that I really care for here has a glaring elephant in the room. A regular elephant in the room is one thing, but if that elephant is glaring, you're in trouble. She's got a boyfriend, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to deal with that. I love how much this piece of dialogue could be from any point in the last 12 episodes. Right. No. When did he find out she had a girlfriend? 11 episodes ago? Yeah, we're finding out now... That Felix doesn't know what to do. But like, I'm not sure how to deal with that. I'm like, I'm any- aware. Yeah. I've yeah. been watching. This is exhausting. For some reason, uh, this I, this is very interesting. We see the 2AC holding up the clapboard to the camera to begin oh. a take. So, like, we're se- at the same time, we're seeing Felix talking to his minder about how he's he has to decide whether or not he's willing to compromise. Uh-huh. And we have this crew guy who's, like, facing out to various different cameras, which, like, you have to do yeah. to the camera. That's the use of a clapperboard. If anybody's not familiar, it helps you sync, out, sync up the sound and the uh, visuals in post-production. And it lets you know which uh, take and which scene and whatever that this piece of footage that they're about to look at is from. 
So I understand why they have to record it. Right. I understand why they have to face it out to the camera. Why very do they have to show to, it? Very hard to say why it's still in the edit. Right. And I think my, my only guess is like, this is here to create the impression. I guess we're talking a lot about this kind of like fake behind the scenes stuff or whatever. Mm-mm. It's to create the impression that this decision is so real and it's also so last minute that it's happening in real time it's a snap on decision. set. Yeah. Oh, that's true too. I wasn't even thinking of it as a metaphor, but even just the fact that like, they're fucking, all the cameras are plugged in, all yep. the lights set up, yep. and he's still like, Ooh, which Ooh, one's going to, what am I going to yeah, do? So you know? we cla- then clap them off, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will in a sec, yeah. Um, I freeze-framed the clapboard. I knew you would. Of course, what I am I here for? I you would. I learned a couple of interesting things. Um, firstly, this was shot on the 6th of July, 2022. Yep. Which is well over six months ago now. Um, it is the day that I went to go and see Baz Luhrmann's Elvis in cinemas. <laughs> Uh, it's right in the middle of the UK government crisis where everyone was trying to convince Boris Johnson to resign. Oh, yeah. Um, we also learn the director of this episode, who is currently not credited on IMDb, and I found it out from this. I hold knowledge that no one else does. Okay. I don't know who the person is. It's directed by a person called D. Wallace, and it's like first initial D and then surname Wallace, who I am going to completely lie and say that this is the same d wallace who plays elliot's mother in et the extraterrestrial oh fantastic she's like 76 years old or something Mm. now she still acts Mm. i don't know if she's a director of australian reality tv programs but power to her if that's the case um that was all i could learn from the clapboard although i'm i'm here for it in in every episode going forward if the show is uh, revitalized you know we also see an ITM where Felix says, quote, I think there's still the option that I don't make a choice here. And this reflects this pet theory that a few people have had that Felix was going to pull a honey badger. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I'm curious where you land on this because at this point, I was beginning to think that too. Oh, so I went the exact other way. So I came into this episode thinking he's not choosing anyone because I don't think based on the edit that he's choosing Abigail hmm. and based on the Jess and Damien thing, I don't think he's choosing Jess. Yeah. But the way that the that we were breadcrumbed through this episode... Well, we saw Jess and, and Damien break, break up. up. Right, yeah. but I'm also hearing, and we're f- hearing Felix say in confessional beforehand, oh, maybe I'm not going to do this. Mm. And we also have the quote that's hanging over the season, which is, kiss me like you're single. Yeah. Right? And so that has been hanging out. At, we know like, that has to come. Exactly. And so for me, that means like... He is going to say this to Jess at some point. Why and that did point they? Has to be the proposal. Why did they spoil that? I don't know. Because it's an awful line. It is an incredibly yucky line. It makes me want to watch the show less. Yes. And what's more, it knowing that it hasn't come up up to this point, you're totally right. It gives away the ending. Yes. Very, very odd. Very peculiar. Uh, but, you know, it, it is interesting that the Honey Badger thing has been hanging over this. There have been a few breadcrumbs leading in that direction up Definitely, until now. Definitely, right, right. And that's it's been mentioned a couple of times. on the part of the show for certain. Right. And up until... They want you to think that it might happen. Exactly. Yeah. Even when he's ditching Big Gale, the, one of the last things he says is, like, I've been searching and searching for something and I don't think I've found it. Yeah. Now, what I assume he means is that he hasn't found it with Abigail. In Abigail. But yeah. it certainly sounds like he might be saying... I haven't found it at all. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But no, Jess walks out in a very bright fluoro green dress. Yeah. Which, and I'm sorry to make this joke for the third time, but I haven't made it on the podcast yet. And it is maybe the funniest thing I thought of all season. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for it. It's so funny that 
Channel 10 went up against the Australian Open with the Australian Open relationship. Blah. And especially it's funny because she is literally dressed as a tennis ball in the yeah. finale yeah. while the like men's singles is on the other channel. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, look, but I think the men's singles is on both channels, to be honest <laughs> with you. Fuck, that's really good. And you know what's even better about it? You're going to make that joke once and that'll be enough for you. Whereas for <laughs> me, I'm like, I need more. I dine out on this. Right. Uh, they hold hands and Felix says, you know what I'm seeing right now? I'm seeing those same nerves as when that roller door opened. You know what? We've been through so much through this. I've had to make so many compromises into just my fundamental beliefs and things I thought of a relationship would be. Stop saying things. Do you want a fucking medal? Do you like say the thing that you said to Abigail again? Right. That would be much better. And then we met the parents. I was finally seeing right before me that relationship with Damien was right there in front of me. Great sentence structure. When I asked you to make a decision there, you couldn't say back to him, you know, I don't love you. And then Jess interjects and says, I just want you to know that that chapter of my life has now been closed. I felt that was the right decision. And he was very understanding and very supportive. And he wants nothing but love for me. Stop even saying if things. that's with you. Stop it. Both of them are doing a lot of damage to themselves right now. Why huh? are you saying things? Yeah. Um, Felix says, thank you. I know that's hard for you as well. I appreciate that. Some robotic speech here, you know? And the music has been very, very tense for yeah. this whole scene up until now. But it comes to a resolution. It pivots to a nice romantic piano. And I don't know if it's quite matched by the narrative. Mm -hmm. It pivots very hard. It's, like it's a supposed to represent release, I think. Right. Um, but I guess there's just not enough dialogue on the other side of it. It doesn't quite fall in, on, into place. Right. Felix says, you make me feel so special. You really do. You make me feel so special. And then he grabs her face and gives her a big kiss says you know what love's all about taking a risk and there's no one else i'd rather take that risk with than you you don't have to say it like that don't my dude. stop saying things everyone should just simply take the, like can we have a take two yeah truly the camera crew i mean look it's getting late in the day maybe they're they're like we got break coming up we, we got, gotta get yeah, home to yeah. our kids whatever but like this is an important moment. Whole season's been building to it. And you have each ruined it in your own ways. Right. She says, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening. He says, I wish I knew exactly what it's going to look like moving forward. But you know what? Part of me loves that I don't. Huh? What? Everything you've done, I appreciate it so much. And she says, I appreciate you so much. I just honestly feel so cared for. So nobody here is saying that they love each other or that they're falling in love or they could see themselves falling in love or Even anything. Even if they want to be boyfriend and girlfriend at no, this point. It's so non-committal. Yeah. It's, it's truly wild for this to be the last one, the, the sort of happy ending that we're getting at the end of this season. Right. Very strange. You know, the, the Felix's emotional journey, his, his through line throughout the entire season is that he's never been in love before. Yes. This has been made clear to us not just at the start, but also with many stops along the way, checking in with Thomas, you know, checking yep. in with ITM cameras and saying like, I, this is the one thing I want out of this experience. And it's his growth towards love. Right. I want to know what this is really like. In. Did he find it? I have no fucking Who can idea. Say. What, what could it, would it have killed them? Would it have killed the show? Would just it have pretend. killed Felix? Just someone say, I love you. Like, just pipe it in for me. That's all I need you to do yeah. is get your little piping bag and <laughs> pipe it over. 
Instead, we get the immortal line, the immortal throw up in your mouth line, kiss me like you're single. It sounds like it would be the title of a Pussycat Dolls song. <laughs> yeah, totally. And full credit to Nicole Schlesinger and the rest of the dolls. Sure. But Jesus Christ, this is such a vomity way to end the franchise. It's very yucky. It's also, she is single now. So yeah. It's also not quite correct. Right. Has the way that they have kissed previously been insufficient? Maybe that's it. Is like, has he perceived, is he telling her? And have they already kissed once at this point? Is he telling her and us that, that, well, they have previously kissed in this scene, which sort of defies that. But is he telling the cameras and her that the kissing has been inadequate up until now, and now it will be a true kiss? Has she been holding back? Is Is it a bad kiss? Is this true love's first kiss? Uh, I mean, we have seen lots of evidence that if Felix is uh, seeking improved kissing, mm. maybe a good place to start might be the mirror. Sometimes it's better to look inwards. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes, very odd. It is also funny that, like, because he is, he, in his words, he's never been in love, and I don't think he's been in a lot of relationships. That's sort of a little bit up in the air. It's a bit yeah. hard to pin down exactly, but yeah. he's not ex- especially uh, experienced in kissing people who are not single. <laughs> Is that like, yeah, I don't know. This feels like if anything, it is, it is canceling out the growth yeah. and it's him going back to his old ways or whatever right. on some level. You know? How often do you say to someone, for example, kiss me like you're polyamorous? Right. But it's like, so yes, she has broken up with Damien, but the idea now is that they are going to be in a relationship, right? So kiss me like you're in a relationship would surely be more accurate. Kiss me like you and I are moving towards having a conscious conversation about being together. Right. Which I guess they haven't had yet. No. So I guess technically they're still both single. But what a weird state of affairs. Truly bizarre. Uh, They keep making out for a bit, like single people do, I suppose. Mm. Uh, And then we cut over to the second place women who have all gathered together. Um, and they cheers to being, as Big Gale puts it, quote, second the best. Love that. Um, with Lauren adding, we are the rejects. <laughs> Lauren, you've missed the tone. <laughs> yes, truly. This is an empowering moment. We were, we were going to be empowered. <laughs> Don't bring the mood down. We were going to be like, um, Although here's that to my said, ex, you're really quite the man. And yeah. she's like, oh, we're fucking rejects, Although, aren't to we? Be, to, be, to be sure, Lauren, if anyone, is probably the reject of this season, That's right? That's true. Because not only has true. her leading man rejected her, so but also the, show. the show and basically all of Australia. Yeah. Really grim stuff. It's I don't like, like to be no saying thanks. it. As this is happening, we also intercut the winning couples are all catching up together, basking in their moment of victory mm. and celebration. A little cruel, if you ask I me. Think. Abigail says, of course I'm upset, but I'm kind of seeing it as if he's attracted to that drama, then that is not something that I want in my life at all. Hell yeah. Angela is still in shock saying, I still just haven't processed it yet. And this is intercut in probably the cruelest moment uh, with Alicia showing off her ring. I know. Um, And Jed's like, whoa, 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 everybody. Don't get any big ideas. It's just a promise ring. Yeah. I did propose though. (laughs) I did propose to you guys. Yeah. It was really embarrassing. (laughs) Producers made me do it. Uh, Lauren says, he's not the one for me. So I do think that Leah was the right move for him and for me. I'm just trying to envision how happy Leah will be. (laughs) It's rough. That is really rough. I'm sorry, Lauren. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. This, this is a great line that I really love. They're engaged. That is like a love story. It is like a love story. It is reminiscent of... <laughs> it shows some of the hallmarks of a love story. It does. It, on some level, when edited correctly, <laughs> resembles Could a love present story. as... Jed raises his glass and says, well, here we go, guys. We made it in a way that sounds exhausted more than anything. Mm. Um, this is amazing, adds Leah. I'm feeling on top of the world. This is amazing. No, it's Leah. Oh, has she adopted his accent? She's adopted his accent and oh, his surname at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's it. Bit of an anticlimax, if you ask me. <sighs> it's a bizarre way to end the series as a whole. Uh, I just briefly, we'll, we'll give our final thoughts in a sec, but let's yeah. talk about these Instagram followers of the last few people oh, to please, go home. Yes. Jess Navin started the season with 9,443 followers and has ended up with a massive 17,581. Massive. Pretty big. And Felix von Hoff entered with 6,373 and is now sitting at 17,778. Look at them pulling even. People have gotten around... That big tall boy. So. So. That's that's the finale. We had talked in the previous episode yeah. about how we wanted this to end. Oh, yeah. Well, this was, yeah, this was like our one big, like, you know, we had some expectations about our what would happen. For what would happen at right. the end. We had some expectations about what would happen in terms of who would end up with who. Uh-huh. But the real juicy scoops... They did not make our hope a reality. Yeah, they they didn't make the cut, the uh, the juicy scoops. You know, the, we, what we wanted was a catch up. We wanted where are they now? At the very least, give us the black screen with white text that simply says, "Thomas and Leah are spoilers, not together." Right. This did not happen, and interestingly enough. What normally happens when they don't give us that information on the television mm. is quite soon after the episode ends, we sit on our Instagram page and we refresh it constantly, waiting for all the news to trickle out. And it's normally not that long. What happened instead this year was quite interesting to me. Because the contestants don't have their social pages back yet. Right. And I think that's also normally the case. Yeah. But... The post that we expect to see there did not emerge. Right. And what instead happened, and somebody tipped us off to this, I think it was Tara at Punky, and so thank you very much, because I would truly have been refreshing that page for <laughs> quite a while without realizing, that they had in fact been posted as articles on the 10Play website, um, much like the sort of exit chats that they've had with just about everybody this right. season. But they haven't... They didn't and still haven't posted anything about that on any of the official Bachelor pages or on any of the contestants' Instagrams that they still have power over. So this truth is not known to everyone. Are we not waiting for the Bachelors to appear on the project tonight, for example? Oh, you know what? Actually, that's probably true. And you know what? That's happening in like an hour or so. so. Right. Um, yeah, I guess that's the vibe, but it is, it's perplexing to me because obviously, and it makes sense, they wanted to have the exclusive for themselves. Mm. They wanted to point traffic towards the 10 play website. On their own platform. Right. Makes where sense. Not only are there banner ads and stuff like that promoting their other shows and also anybody else who wants to advertise with them, therefore more money in their pockets, uh -huh. but also the more familiarity people have with 10 play, the more they think of it as a destination, the more likely they are to be fed more of those advertisements and stuff. And yeah, of course. It's totally, totally sensible. It's kind of bizarre it that it was smart. ever... <laughs> it makes smart. It's kind of bizarre that it was ever just dumped on their Instagram pages. However, why not 
take advantage of that opportunity and push thousands and thousands of people towards, you know, like, why not... Do it on social. Do it on the TV show. Yeah. Be like, are you... Get Osher in and be like, are you curious about where these couples stand now? That's a way better idea. Why the hell not? Because everybody... You've got a captive audience. Most of that... A lot of that audience is going to translate over to to Instagram if you were doing it that way. Yes. A small... A much, much smaller portion would be going to Template. But if you can create that pipeline... Do everything you can. You got it. You got it, baby. Crazy. Very strange. Don't get it. Missed opportunity. Anyway. Where are they now? You are not looking for me to talk about how their web strategy is failing them. You are looking for me to tell you where they are now. And the short version is Felix and Jess have split up. No. Who could have seen this coming? Right. Thomas and Leah have split up. No. And Jed and Alicia are now ready to start properly dating outside the show. Cute. After not being allowed to see each other for months... Um, they are wisely avoiding labels and trying to take things slow. Obviously, there is a big, big difference between being in a relationship that's on The Bachelor, being in a secret relationship where you're not allowed to see each other, and being in a relationship when you're allowed to visit the outside world and stuff like that. I imagine there's also a big difference between that relationship and what might come three, six, 12 months down the line. Sure. So, you know, one to keep our eyes on. But yes, there is one successful couple that has come out of this season. So far. far. as we know so far, according to the official narrative. There have been people saying like, oh, we spotted Jed at this nightclub and he looked single or whatever, mm. which at this point I'm not, I'm not willing to believe that above the, wor- the official word. Um because it seems a bit gossipy and, sure. you know, spurious. But, uh, you know, we'll be keeping our eyes out uh, for any progression on any, you know, direction. Um, I feel like we'll learn more in the coming days as well. And that for us is going to be the next point of focus. We are hoping in the coming weeks to line up some interviews, uh, have a bunch of content coming for you. But what we need to do immediately is a deep dive. Right. Um, I will just briefly touch on these because we might not get the chance... Or it, it'll be less relevant in a, in a week or Certainly. so. Um, the posts that we have seen on Instagram. Yes. Um, so as of when I prepared this at 2.30 p.m. the day after the finale dropped, the 30th of January, um, a few of the cast have posted on Instagram, while some have still not. Yep. So at like 7 a.m., Jed posted, I found myself in loving you with a picture of him and Alicia, white heart emoji, ice skate emoji. Um, Alicia around the same time said, you've been my safe place until this day. The support you give is unlike any other I've ever had before, regardless of what capacity we are in. I am lucky to be doing this thing called life with you in it. We love doing life. At 9am, both Leah and Thomas shared exactly the same post. Well, actually, no, each, each one has swapped in their uh, opposing person's name. Uh Uh-huh. It is with sadness that Thomas slash Leah and I announced that we have called off our engagement and are no longer romantically together. We care for and respect each other immensely. However, we came to realize that staying together was not the right decision for us. We ask that you respect our privacy around this decision. Hashtag The Bachelor's AU. And we do ask that, you know, people are, are kind to... The, I, I think our audience is pretty good with this, but let's, let's be gentle the and kind definitely on, turned off. on social media. Yeah, but even just like if you tweet something about them and sure. don't tag them or, you know, whatever it is. Anyway, at 11 a.m., Jess Navin took to Instagram and posted quite a long piece, which I'll read. And just like that, do we think Sex and the City? Mm-hmm. 
And just like that, this journey has come to an end. Who would have thought that after all those years of watching previous seasons at home with Mum in Townsville, interesting, that I too would step into this bachelor bubble and have my own love story, messy love triangle and all upside down smiley face. Although a proposal or an official relationship didn't feel quite right to us leading up to finale, I was open to getting to know Felix in the real world. However, as it turns out, the element of long distance over several months, differing lifestyles and communication needs meant that the romantic connection inevitably ran its course, meaning that our compatibility wasn't quite there. Felix and I remain as friends, and I wish him nothing but the best for his future. I'll always be grateful for the opportunity to learn about myself, about others, and what I truly want in a life partner moving forward. Would you like to know what Felix posted on his Instagram page? Can I guess? Please do. Nothing. He did not post a thing. Very interesting. There are also some very lovely posts um, from the three runners-up, but I actually think we're going along and maybe we should just uh, we'll, we'll talk about we'll it later. We'll move into their territory as we move into the next episode. If you're curious, I recommend checking them out. Go to Abigail's profile. She posted at 9 a.m. Go to Angela's po- profile. She posted at 2 p.m. And uh, Lauren <laughs> quoted Shannon Knoll in her one. So <laughs> good for her. Yeah. A great man who's never done anything wrong. Um, that's that man back in the crazy horse. That's what I say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's about it for this podcast. I think, I think that's going to do Final thought. No, we'll do final thoughts and like overall sort of, um, settled impressions and stuff next time we talk. Yeah. Um, also I'm going to talk about Osh's, uh, uh, live comedy show next time around. Cause this has been, uh, this has been long already. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was fun. Look, I had a great time this season. We'll get to everything that we need to talk about. But yeah. in the interim, we want to know what you think as Absolutely. well. You know what? Actually, more so than anything else, I think this next episode is a great opportunity for you guys to... We tried to do this earlier in the season and we completely fucked completely up. Completely forgot. Um, let us know what you thought about the finale, about the season on the whole, um, about what we did on the podcast. Say what you think. Yeah. Come let us know. And get in touch with us. Um, the best ways to do that, of course, are by hitting us up on social media at BOH pod um like a you know instagram dm or a twitter or something never goes astray or you can head on down to where our community lives on facebook of all fucking places the bachelor of hearts osh posting group it's been growing um immensely over the course of this season heaps of good discussions uh heaps of funny stuff on there so we recommend you come check it out if you do uh, feel an urge to support the show in a somewhat more uh financial monetary way, way we would warmly invite you to come and check out the bachelor of hearts extra credit patreon page that's patreon.com slash boh pod um we'll be post posting we'll be boasting and posting there before too long and we've got a great big back cat of uh back backpack catalog maybe we should call it in in honor of abigail yeah um so yeah come on down that's that's all uh, that's all the plugs we've been having a great time bringing this show to you it's been the best did it just start pouring with rain? Uh, I don't know. That's, that's ominous in a, in a good way. The good kind <laughs> of omen. It's portentous. Is yeah. that, also, that also feels yeah, negative. Yeah, that's right. Folks. Listeners. Stay dry. <laughs> we <laughs> hope you had a nice time today. We certainly did. We'll talk to you again soon. We'll tell you what. We and love remember, you. Remember, we love you. Goodbye.
years. Hearing your voice, music to my ears. From the first moment you entered my life.